My name is Michelle Johns and I'm your host. In this series, I'm sharing seven lessons I learned from working in the corporate world as a woman. This is the seventh episode and this is where I share how you need to have a career plan. When I first left uni quite a while ago, there were pretty defined career paths and I had an idea of what I could aspire to. So for me becoming an accountant, it was a partner in a big accounting practice or a chief finance officer in a large organisation. As a graduate, I didn't choose which direction because when I graduated, we were in a recession and I was just focused on getting a job. When I chose the accounting degree though, in the first place, everyone was telling me you'll get a job um, of some sort and you could probably choose. And my grades would have gotten me a job in one of the big four. I think it was the big six back then, accounting firms. And because of the recession, it actually created a bit of a scarcity mindset in me. Because down the track, I really didn't visit or revisit this career aspiration. Even when going for my second role and the market was a lot better, I had a lot more experience and I was accepted into three different positions, I had the opportunity to choose and I didn't use a career plan as such to decide between the roles. I used other pros and cons of location, size of company and so on, which is a good way to make a decision, but I didn't have a long-term career plan to see if these roles would be a pathway to get me there. Anyway, that's the background to really set the scene for this podcast. About eight years into my career, I was going for a new role And I was asked in an interview, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, I had no idea. I hadn't even thought about it. I had been taking opportunities as they were presented to me. And I had created a mindset that I didn't want to be closed off to any opportunities. So I really didn't make a plan. So after that interview, I was determined to have an answer for that question for next time. So I wasn't caught off guard and meandering around the answer. And it went something like this. I haven't got a 10-year plan because I'm the person who seizes opportunities as they arise. For instance, the role I'm in now is because I was given an opportunity on a project which then led to a promotion. And I learned ABC. You get the picture. I let them know what I learned taking this career path and what promotions were put in front of me and that I was sought out for these projects. But I didn't have a view of my future So I used this style of response for many years after that, thinking it was quite reasonable and demonstrated how flexible I was and how I was not held to a particular path and so on. But I really didn't progress. And there were many reasons for that, which I have spoken about in other episodes, but I was going from industry to industry. Projects were the thing that excited me in each of those jobs, but I didn't look at that as a career path or a possibility to move into projects. I kept taking finance roles and hoping that I could be put on a finance project while in those roles. Some roles had interesting projects and some roles were not really interesting or challenging at all. The thing was, I was telling future employers a few details about me. One, that I could be shaped and and used how they see fit. Two, that I didn't have a purpose, a plan or even a passion. So I look back and wonder, In those discussions that occurred about me without me knowing, so those conversations that I know now happen between senior leaders about who is being considered for future opportunity, 
um, in the organisation, who's in the talent pool, or when they're creating succession plans, that plans are being made for roles sort of higher up in the hierarchy. That because I was approaching my career in this way, was I being overlooked or not considered in those conversations? Because my colleagues were probably having different conversations in their personal development meetings with their managers, like one day I want to be the CFO. And therefore they were being seen as someone who would be more motivated to progress into those roles when they came up. And I guess more committed. Whenever someone asked me to do a career plan, I just got stuck. I avoided filling these career plans in because I felt if I put it down on paper, I could not change my mind later or I would be held to it. And I thought this could stifle me and my future. Of course, I didn't realise this consciously in those moments. Now, my career journey altered along the way. And one day I ended up doing further study and found something I was passionate about and I moved my focus there. Interestingly, it ended up being in project consulting work. But if I had a career plan, how would that actually have stopped me from finding that new path? Looking back, I don't think it would have meant I didn't find my purpose, but it actually could have helped me get there quicker. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't look in the past and regret anything as such. But I think sharing my reflections may help someone who is feeling stuck about creating a career plan. I truly believe it's worth sitting down, walking around, whatever space you need, and search for your purpose in your career. Now, there are a number of tools to do this, but what I think the learning I want to pass on in this podcast is to be open to a finding your purpose conversation. I certainly wasn't. I was very closed off. Or perhaps for you, it is exploring what could be your intent in your life or career. Having something as your guiding star. I think we get hung up on the old question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Or what's your career plan? Because at the moment, we cannot even see where we'll be in three weeks with the current state of the world. But having a guiding star just means you have something to guide you when making decisions and something that may inspire you to go to work each day. It does not mean you cannot be open to opportunities that come your way. It does not mean you cannot change your guiding star if you feel a pull towards a different star. Nothing is set in stone. You have the choice and the power to change your mind. You can always be open to new ideas and you can always let people know that in the way you communicate your desires and career aspirations. New careers are born every day now and you may be drawn towards a new career and I think people are more accepting of that now too. It just means that you're in control of your destiny. It also means that if others know a little about your guiding star, they may be able to help you, help you get closer to it. And it means that you may not waste time with trying something out or taking something on that is not taking you towards your guiding star or is taking you away from your guiding star. It provides you with a bit of a compass, if you like. So how do you change your mindset on this when you really just want to be open to what comes your way? And perhaps you've already tried to find a purpose and are not sold on the idea. So firstly, let's get really clear on what a purpose is. Because purpose can be something outside of you. You can see it as how you can serve others 
which may be different to your passions because your passions are usually an internal thing, what makes you happy or what drives you. Whereas purpose can be how you want to help other people, how you want to make a difference in the world or your workplace, or just how you want to be seen by others. So therefore, it may make more sense for you to think about, think about it as an intention. Some examples could be as an intention, you want to treat people fairly. So perhaps your purpose is being an advocate for others. Perhaps your intent is to be kind. So perhaps you have a purpose to make other people's lives better in whatever it is that you do. So can you see how your starting point can be as simple as that? Just getting clear on an intent. No one is saying because you want to be an advocate that you need to be a political activist or because you want to make people's lives better that you need to be a life coach, for example. You take the intent into your career. But if you get clear on what you want to bring to the outside world, it can help you define your purpose and perhaps your potential pathways in your particular area of expertise. So this being different to your passion, say basketball is your passion and then you're trying to you know, pursue a career in professional sport. That's not what we're saying. Although if that is what you want to do, go for it. You probably don't even need this podcast if you're crystal clear about that. So switch off now and go practice shooting hoops. Another way to think about purpose is do the what would you like to be known for test. You would ask yourself these questions. When I'm at the end of my life, what would I like to have achieved? So look backwards from there. So look all the way forward um, to look backwards and reflect how you would get there. The other question you could ask, what do I want people to say about me after I'm not around anymore, if you even care about that? So these questions may give you some clues. Another way to help you gu- help guide you is what are your non-negotiables? That way you have a benchmark for when you have opportunities come your way and what you would say no to because it's in your non-negotiable box. So let's bring this to life a bit. What do you say when you're, when you're asked by someone in your organisation, even your CEO, what are your career goals? So what's your answer? You don't want to be fumbling around and around or saying, I don't have one. I just go where the wind takes me. And this is not because it's not okay to go where the wind takes you, but because that is a lost opportunity for the CEO to learn more about you, to find out about your unique skills, your uniqueness, why you should be considered for future opportunities or future projects or women's leadership programs in your organization. Why would she or more likely he these days as the CEO, invest in you if you cannot articulate who you are and what you see in your future. Now, your answer doesn't have to be, I want to take your job one day or I want to be the prime minister or even I aspire to be the CIO. What if you answered the question in a way that let him or her know who you are, being what you're good at, what you're passionate about, what makes you unique and if you do have a career goal, what it is or how you want to show up in the world or what you want to be known for. You can play around with this and not have to communicate an end destination. 
So if you want to progress your career, I, th- I really believe that you need to be able to answer that elusive question. So what are your career goals or where do you want to be in 10 years? Or where do you see yourself in the future? So to help you with this, it is good to have a, yourself a bit of an elevator pitch. This way, when your CEO asks you that question or something similar, you can answer it in a way that shows who you are, what you're known for, and how you see your future without the answer being, I want your job or I want to be the CFO. You actually give a more full answer. You actually have an opportunity to provide through your answer that you know who you are, you know how you can add value to the organization and perhaps the world. And this goes way beyond your career aspiration now, but you're demonstrating how confident you are, how you can communicate concisely, that you have personality, that you have values that you live by, you have an intent or a purpose, and you will be remembered. And you will not leave the destiny in the hands of the organization to shape you or overlook you. That is what you want to do. Now, we need to find more innovative ways to get this message out there now because we're not catching the CEO in the elevator so much at the moment. I think I just found a future podcast episode right there. But there are more opportunities that organizations are now creating to simulate that organic water cooler conversation. So stay on the lookout for those. So in saying that, I have a practical piece of homework for you this week to come up with your elevator pitch. Now I'm going to walk you through some steps. So get out your pen and paper now um, or come back to this later on. So the steps are to write down the following so that you can do this exercise in your own time. So number one, know who you are. You want to be able to identify quickly what are your best qualities and what you've accomplished. This is kind of what might be in your CV. Secondly, know what you stand for. This means what's important to you. What are your own values and how you want to be seen by others? So you want to write that down as well. And thirdly, know where you're headed. This is that guiding star, your vision for the future. This is the old question we've been covering today. What are your career goals or aspirations? So remembering where you are headed does not need to be concrete. With all that in mind, write down a long form statement or a paragraph that represents all of this. Then you want to spend time forming your elevator pitch. Take out unnecessary words, bring out your personality. And remember, this needs to be simulated as if said when going from the ground floor to the floor you're located on. Now, keep coming back to this for a while until you're happy with it as a first go. Once you're happy with it as a first go, try it out with people and get feedback and then go back and refine it again. So if you're struggling with this one, I do have a guide on this. So just reach out to me if you want the pretty document that it's in at michelle at thelarsonc.com. Otherwise, go back and re-listen to the last few minutes on this podcast and take your own notes down again. So if you email me, just put in the subject line, send me my elevator pitch guide and I will send it to you. And I'll put my email address in the uh, podcast notes as well. So that's the end of today's podcast and this was the seventh in the series of seven lessons I learned working in the corporate world as a woman. 
not sure why I chose the word, the number seven. But I do have a bonus one next time. So look out for that before I move into the next series where I'll be changing things up a bit. So I'll share that with you next episode. But I'm going to continue to keep it real, share my real stories, provide you with some practical tips. I'm just going to add a few new ingredients to the mix. So thanks for listening. And I hope this helped even just one aspiring woman leader out there. Next episode, I'm going to share a bonus lesson I learned in the corporate world as a woman. Until then, let's get comfortable in our own skin and help others to feel comfortable in theirs too. We need more brave-hearted women in leadership positions.